1: You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center.
2: Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. And I am your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Rocking a brand new spiffy, if I must say, Mile High Huddle hat, Zach Kelberman. Zach, what's good, bro? You like that hat? You're, you're getting to sample that hat for the first time yourself today.
3: Listen, not getting paid to say this. There's no guns to my head. This hat is super comfortable. It's stylish. It's sleek. I, I love the mesh material. Lets my hair breathe just like we do on the podcast, Chad. So we have all the merchandise. As you guys know, new store, new merch, huddleuppod.com. I'm rocking mine. Go get yours. Um.
2: Question, does it make a difference or should it matter that when a gyro Evero, Ezro, Ezro, Evero, uh, that's the easiest way to remember, by the way. It's Evero. It's Egyro. no, it's a Now Egyro, I'm confused myself. Evero.
3: I'm anyway, sure.
2: Evero sends a blitz package at Russell Wilson today at OTAs. Wilson checks it at the line. And instead of going through his progression, this is unbeknownst to uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Checks it at the line, goes deep, 80 yard touchdown to Tim Patrick, and Hackett is just like romping up and down the field, just like in your face defense. You know, stoked for Tim Patrick, stoked for Russ, and then he gets the question at the podium after practice. You know, is that the wisest thing to do as the head coach of the team? You know, how much should that be a consideration? Is that considering? And I'll just throw one last devil's advocate component into this: the fact that that was kind of one of the critiques of Vic Fangio is he needed to be more than just the head coach of the defense.
3: Well, let's see here. You have an offensive minded coach who's calling the plays, working with this new franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson. There's an 80 yard touchdown bomb taking place. I don't care if we're talking about practice, call me AI. It's a cause for celebration. And I don't know who asked that question, but I'm sure that same person asked Fangio about maybe loosening up his practice techniques or critiqued Fangio for being so curmudgeon as you just hit on there. It's a no-win situation. There's always going to be an unhappy camper reporting on one side or the other. I, for one, love the energy Hackett's bringing to the building. I love the fact that even though Jerry Judy went down today with a slight injury, which we'll discuss in further detail going forward, Nathaniel Hackett was celebrating the plays that were being made on the field despite losing a receiver. The next man up is TP. TP hauls in a big touchdown grab. There was also the Albert O touchdown grab from Russell Wilson. I think it was 50 yards. And it was, you know, the last couple of days, Scott and I talked about this last Thursday. Last week and, and the starts to this week over the weekend, the defense has owned the offense, in recent practices. Today, it seemed like the offense finally got the defense back. And we talked about Hackett chirping with Kareem Jackson. He's a competitor. Just because he's the coach doesn't make him not a competitor, and he can't contain those competitive juices. I love it. Capital L, love it.
2: I think so long as, and this is something Hackett himself said, so long as when he celebrates an offensive success, he also celebrates and congratulates defensive successes, it's a non-issue. The guy and I don't know who asked the question, but that's the guy that like you know was trying to ruin the Christmas party, you know, bringing up politics at the at the dinner table or something, right? It's like, dude, really? Come on now. I'm just stoked to see things coming together offensively for this team under new quarterback and leader Russell Wilson. Michael Ronquillo jumping in early before this stream even went live with a very supportive, very generous super chat. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Michael. You are the man, and you know this, in uh, Tucson, Arizona. He says, good evening to Chad and Zach on the Mile High Huddle. Let's ride and go Broncos. Yes, indeed, my friend. Let's ride. Sam Bam jumping in early as well. Really appreciate that, my friend. Still love your profile pic. One of my favorites. I mean, you know, hey, so it's great. Great product placement. I don't know. I'm, now I'm now I'm talking like a capitalist over here, Zach. But either way, Sam Nothing Bam. wrong with that. You're a prince, dude your prince, yes. He says, evening, Chad and Zach hope all is well. It is glad the Broncos ownership situation is now over or so it seems. And the Broncos can move on from this 14 more weeks until the opener RIP to Mr. Pat Bolin and go Broncos. So guys, a little bit of a kind of a mystifying situation. On one hand, we get news from Forbes breaking news uh, this morning that the the final bit or the the, the highest bid in what is the last, um, you know, auction turns out to have come from Rob Walton, the Walmart heir, which means Zach that that's your new owner. No sooner does that break across the uh, the newsfeed, the wire, as it were, than you get all the Broncos insiders, including Adam Schefter, who, despite being a national perspective uh, insider guy for ESPN. Is still very well connected to Denver because that's where he got his start at the Denver Post. He was the Mike Cliss before Mike Cliss. Uh poo-pooing it, Zach, basically saying that, no, 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 no. Um, that's not what's happening here. The Broncos, uh, let me find the, uh, the rebuttal here. Um, I'll find it. Give me a second. Well, I don't know where it is. You tell the story. You were involved in this. What the heck is going on with Broncos ownership?
3: Well, the bids, this was published before the deadlines for all the bids was uh, scheduled to take place, which was uh, three o'clock Mountain Time today. So earlier this morning, Forbes, I guess, broke the news, even though it's not news to uh, those of us who's covered it, that Rob Walton will win the bid for Broncos ownership at about four and a half billion dollars. Several sports bankers told Forbes right after this came out. A gaggle of reporters, national and local, including Adam Schefter. Andrew Mason came out and threw cold water on it. Maybe the Broncos didn't want that getting out there and they started backtracking and having their mouthpieces backtracking. But that's the scuttlebutt. It's that for four and a half or so, it's going to be Rob Walton's bid as the highest bidder. And the Broncos, as we know, have a responsibility to sell to the highest bidder and has this been a change of course from the last couple months? No. When one guy is worth $70 billion, and what is Todd Bowley worth or, or Harris? Five or six? I mean, they can't touch what the wealth that Rob Walton has. So it was always his to lose. And if he's hung around this long in the process at about $4.5 billion, even if it were to go to five, why wouldn't he throw another you know, a couple pennies in there for him and and make sure he gets the team. So yeah, I, I, Adam Schefter is walking it back. There's going to be a process, no announcement more than likely until training camp because they have to get owner's approval. There's still a lot of legalese to work through. I still think, and you and I have said for weeks now, it's going to be Rob Walton more than likely.
2: Oh, NFL owners are going to rubber stamp this for sure um, before the ink can even possibly be dry. Why? Because we're talking about the 19th richest man in the world. and, to the billionaires club, that is the NFL ownership. Um, that's that can be very helpful to the interests, the greater interests of the league, right? Having a, a owner that is that influential, that wealthy, possibilities are endless. But when you think about this, Zach, what Pat Bowlen buy this for back in '84? It was something like seventy eight million dollars. That's a chunk of change. That's a lot of lettuce. I don't want to, you know, turn my nose up at seventy eight million dollars. But to think that, you know, 30 some odd years later, well, not quite, almost 30, or pardon me, almost 40. Man, I'm not mathing well tonight. It's going to go for 4.5 billion. I mean, how many X in magnitude? How many multipliers is that? I'd say, hey, you know what, Pat Bowen, Obviously, there's a reason why uh, the Broncos are selling for that figure. And it's not just because inflation, it's not just because the NFL. Uh, itself became a 13 $14, 15000000000 dollars billion-a-year nut. But Pat Bolin and what he did not only for his team, taking the Denver Broncos from kind of a, you know, I don't want to say like a bottom-of-the-barrel team because, I mean, the Broncos have been to a Super Bowl, lost to the Cowboys in 78, obviously. But from his point forward, this team went to seven Super Bowls. I count 15 because the moves that he put in place, hiring Elway, um, signing off on the Peyton Manning deal, that's what brought home the bacon in Super Bowl 50. Ultimately, he was around when the Von Miller pick was made, all those things. So he contributed largely to the to the success of the team, obviously, in a big, bad way, which is one of the reasons they became such a treasured property and why it's going to go for $4.5 billion, Zach. But last thing here, he also did a lot to advance the interest of the, of the league itself from the TV deals to the different um, influences he had on the NFL, which is why those, how many are there now? Seven after the one kind of the kids. I mean that that was revealed last summer, if I'm that not mistaken, that we know of. Right? Yeah, reminds you of when I'm with my dad and uh, we meet someone new. How many kids you got, Mark? Oh, three that I know of. You know, it's a <laughs> funny joke, right? In this case, not so much a joke.
3: Part of the reason why I hate talking about ownership stuff because we get into math, and when that happens, my eyes roll back in my head. So yeah, yeah. zeros and multipliers and this and that. All I know, it's a lot of money, and uh, the last sale, which broke the record in the NFL, uh, what Tepper bought the Panthers for, What it will be exactly half of what the Broncos would go for, $4.5 At the minimum, it could push 5 I even heard estimates over $5 billion. So despite the last couple seasons, half century, The Broncos are a very, very lucrative and valued franchise. And I think Rob Walton's getting a good one. If he is indeed the guy, we just have to see what his motive is going to be for purchasing the Broncos. And one thing to kind of talk about him for a second is that I got a lot of pushback on Twitter for saying it's terrific news for Russell Wilson. If Rob Walton buys the Broncos because his contract situation, but everyone's saying they're going to run the Broncos. Walton will anyway, like he ran Walmart being cheap. That's how he amassed his wealth. There is a little bit of truth to that, but you don't buy a franchise and you don't spend $4.5 billion and then be called cheap. So there's no way, there's no scenario where Walton owning the Broncos over someone like Magic Johnson or Todd Boley is, uh, is worse. It it's only can help the Broncos having that much liquid cash available. It can only help Russell Wilson having an owner with that deep of pockets. And that's why I'm all for it. I'm not pushing back against it. I'm embracing it.
2: Just because Walmart built its brand here. I am about to go to bat for Walmart, but it's only in the sense of comparing it to, Oh, the Broncos are going to become this cheapskate team under the ownership of Rob Walton, but they became the juggernaut that they did Walmart because they worked very, very hard over many, many years, decades, in fact, to squeeze suppliers to a point where they could make it cheaper for you. Now, you know, you can talk about the trickle down effect that has when everybody stops buying from the mom and pop store to go save a few nickels on uh, you know, a gallon of milk at Walmart that just got built you know, yesterday in your town, wherever you might be. But still, you need that forward-thinking, self-interest. Uh, and that's, I think, what you get from a guy like Walton. He comes in, and he's going to move. He's going to shake. He's going to do what is in the best interest of his team. And if that means uh, vanquishing opponents or rivals or whatever it might be to be front of the line, that's what he's going to do. The Duchess jumping in. What's going on? It's so great to see you, Michaela. I don't know if you notice. I mean, look here on the screen. We've got a new number one on super chat this month of June. Michaela edging out the DWI guys at number two, Michael Ronquillo at three D Porter, Dale Fleming, Dave from Georgia, all tied there at four. So there's your update on super chat and Michaela. Just, we love you. We appreciate you so much. She says, Zach, I heard you got a shout out on, uh, uh, what'd she say? A, A shout out on the Pat McAfee show. Cool. Kind of a shout out. Tell them what happened for people scratching their heads.
3: Yeah. That story that we, uh, that we picked up on from what Mike Cliss reported, then walked back publicly and now infamously, I guess, uh, the Pat McAfee show covered it today. And, uh, Drew Hollenbeck, a uh, longtime supporter, viewer of the podcast brought it to my attention on Twitter. So shout out, Drew. Cool. Uh, cool moment. You know, I appreciate all the boys there. Uh, they're good people. And, uh, for the brand for MHH, Chad, I'm excited <laughs> about it.
2: Hashtag for the brand. Um, yeah, here's, here's the article in question. Russell Wilson report. Russell Wilson has a five-year, $250 million ask on a new deal from the Broncos, right? And this comes from Mike Kliss. Um, it's on YouTube. I'm not going to click on it, but what was the sit-down? What was he doing?
3: Kliss. He was, he was reporting on the Broncos' ownership situation. So it was
2: on 9 News YouTube, right?
3: Yes. It's right on that link. It's right on video.
2: Okay. So it was on it was literally from 9 News, their own media. So it's not like he was saying this in passing and someone caught a hot mic or something. He says the first order of business for the new owner, a.k.a. Rob Walton, will be to sign Russell Wilson to a contract extension. Five years and $250 million will be his asking price. And then you... Put in parentheses, just being a good dude. Cliss later reclassified these numbers as his presumption and affirmed that no one has asked for anything at this time because the Broncos and the Russell Wilson camp, you know, they don't. They want to maintain the posture that they have not yet entered into any contract talks whatsoever. Now, how much you want to believe that? I leave up to you, the the listener, the viewer here tonight. But um, fifty million bucks—that's the starting point from what we're hearing from the insider at Broncos HQ, Mike Kliss, Zach. So we're talking 250 million bucks, five years, 50 million a year. I mean, you're now up into the Mahomes stratosphere.
3: I mean, I, I don't think they have to even formally begin negotiations to deduce that he wants 50 a year. That was the scuttlebutt. That was the rumor in Seattle the last couple years, the last year especially. That's what accelerated his trade to Denver was his asking price. And as I've said before, and I'll say again, that is the new going rate thanks to players like Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson for starting elite franchise caliber quarterbacks in the NFL. And if Deshaun Watson gets, what was it? 46 and change per year, fully guaranteed all of that 270 million facing now 24 allegations of sexual misconduct. If that guy gets that money, why is anyone surprised that Russell Wilson, a nine time pro bowler, super bowl champion, clean as a whistle off the field, why would anyone be surprised that he would get $50 million? That is the new barometer. That's what Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, those types, that's a stratosphere they open for other players, and it keeps going up and up and up. And those who didn't catch me saying it last night, I'll say it one more time. In a couple seasons from now, $50 million annually for a quarterback will seem like peanuts. Trust me on that. Wait on Man,
2: blows my mind. GLP in the house. Gary Leeds Palmer, great to see you, my friend. Thank you very much for the support and being in the room every single night. It all adds up and helps keep the lights on. And these new backgrounds we're rolling, you need more lights. So when we, you know, we we really need your help keeping the lights on in more ways than one. We really appreciate you. Gary. Kendrick, where? Where is Kendrick? He's right here. What's going on, big dog? He says, What's up, my guys? What's your take on Baron Browning attending Von Miller's pass rushing camp? Hopefully it helps his development seems as if he will truly be an outside linebacker rather than an inside in my opinion, but Hey, hashtag MHH for life. Appreciate that. My friend. Yes, indeed. Bradley Chubb uh, was unable to attend and did reveal today in his post-practice presser, but Hey, I didn't go, but guess what? Baron Browning went, and he actually went on to gush quite a bit about Baron. Um, your thoughts, Zach? How much you read into that? How much it helps, Baron? We can. I'll pull up the quote on what Chubb said about Baron in terms of uh, how he's acclimating to life as a as a, as a rush linebacker. But your thoughts?
3: Oh, well, I kind of wish offhand that the guy being compared to Von Miller, uh, Nick Benito, would have been there, but I understand why he wasn't considering he had OTAs to go to today. Um, I do like, though, on a positive note that Baron Browning has embraced his transition to outside linebacker because based on his press conference last week and based on his answers, he didn't seem very sure about the the conversion. It seemed like the Broncos were forcing him and he's going along and being a good soldier. And that might be the extension of this and going to Von Miller's camp, but it can't hurt him. As an edge rusher, it can't do anything but benefit him if he's indeed moving out to outside linebacker, learning from one of the best to ever do it, a Broncos legend. I like the incestual relationship that Von Miller is keeping with the Broncos, keeping it in the Broncos family. And I give Baron Browning kudos for making that trek. I think it was in, uh, I don't know, he, has, he used to have it in random places, Von Miller, but I appreciate Baron Browning going out there, attending and hopefully becoming a better player because of it.
2: Here's what Chubb said about Baron Browning, his progress. He says, quote, it's crazy when it comes to Baron, The natural skills he has for the position, it's amazing. You'll see him go out there and he just throws his shoulder down. To him, feels like he's just doing that. But on film, it looks like the craziest thing ever. We're trying to keep coaching him up. He's come over to the house and asked me what I see from his play. I'm trying to be for him, like Vaughn and those guys were for me when I first came in and first moved to the position. It's been great to see the natural things he has already. Once he starts adding in those little small details, it's going to be over with. So that's some relatively high praise because for what it's worth, I, I take that a little bit more seriously than uh, say, Zach, the average you know, off-season comment from a veteran complimenting a young guy, only because Bradley Chubb, first of all, that's competition to him now. right? That's competition. Right. Second of all, though, Bradley Chubb has never been a gusher. Bradley Chubb, you know, he could – his best friend could be on that team. And if he gets asked about it at the podium, he's going to be like, yeah, 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 cool. Uh, Next question. Like you just – you don't ever get any kind of real emotional investment when it comes to teammates and things like that, which kind of makes it ironic that when he did his post-presser following his first Pro Bowl nod, he was just – Niagara Falls, right? That that particular night. But I digress. So I take this a little bit more seriously, Zach, that there might be some there there, and it actually gives me some hope because I have had, as you guys know, some real misgivings about the wisdom of trying to move a young guy like Baron Browning, who, imperfect as he was as a rookie, shined often at inside linebacker, which is the depth at inside linebacker, Zach, a weakness for this team, and moving him to outside linebacker, where you got more depth, it's more of a strength. I it might not be considered straight up a strength, um, you know, all things being equal. But relative to inside linebacker, the depth is definitely more extensive on that side. I'm stoked. I, now I feel like there's some some real potential light at the end of the tunnel at edge for Baron Browning.
3: Yeah, it's competition, but it's also a teammate. And Bradley Chubb's being a good teammate. And Chubb knows that if both stay healthy, Chubb's the starter and Baron Browning is a backup. And that's where I wonder, is the conversion worth it? Even if he succeeds, is he going to start? No, it's going right. to be Gregory and Bradley Chubb. So he would have started an inside linebacker, though, Browning would. And God help the Broncos. If Singleton or Josie Jewell or Jonas, Jonas Griffith goes down, then what do you do? Move Baron. Browning back to ILB, have him play two positions. It's They're taking a gamble by moving him here after year one. There's no two ways about that. You can argue whether they're right or whether it will work out. Time will tell about the experiment, but I think they're taking a big risk taking a player that shined at one spot that you can argue is his natural spot and putting him at an unnatural spot a la Demarcus Walker.
2: It is definitely a risk, and I think that's probably one of the most salient points that has been made on the whole switch, which is Hey, Baron Browning's a really good athlete and he's a really good linebacker, especially for his his relative age. You want him warming the bench or do you want him on the field impacting the game? Because at edge, his path to the field is much more circuitous, right, Zach? And and it's going to take more time and more forces, per se, outside Baron's control to see the field. I mean, let's face it. You're paying Bradley Chubb fifth-year option money. Uh, you're paying big dollar-dollar bills to Randy Gregory. You want them on the field, and that comes at the expense of younger guys who are a little less proven, despite whatever their upside might be, like Baron Browning, like Nick Benito. I mean, those guys will get their reps. Get, don't get me wrong. They're going to be rotated in, and they're going to spell the, the top two guys, but it's definitely an issue uh, worth pondering.
3: I got to get that one in there. You know that, right? Circuitous. I got to work that in. I got incestual down, as a couple uh, comments have noted. I will get circuitous in the podcast tonight. Rest assured.
2: Uh, Phoenix says, "Yeah, okay, yeah, incestual in a positive way." Now, I don't mean to pick nits here, but is it incestual or is it incestuous? Because I would have said it's incestuous. Hmm. Not, but not you a know conversation
3: what? Conversation I thought we'd be having tonight.
2: I know. Let's get weird, dude. Should we just keep... Let's <laughs> get late. weird.
3: Too late. Too broke late. The seal.
2: David Wilder, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. How have you been? We have missed you. Good evening, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Broncos Country, says David. I'm late to the news. Is the Walton ownership news concrete and final? I'm sorry I haven't been here lately. I really like the new backgrounds. Hashtag Let's Ride MHH for life. Really cool, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Lots of new things happening at MHH this summer as we gear up for what is going to be the best year for Broncos fans and for MHH since Broncos brought home the bacon Super Bowl Fifty. Uh, is it concrete? No, in terms of like officially announced by the Broncos or or confirmed. No, common sense. I mean, first of all, it was f- let's let's not pretend like it was just some. RAG, some digital RAG out there reporting this, Zach. This was Forbes magazine. Okay, so Forbes, when it comes to things financial, typically if they go to report on something, it's because they've got some solid, solid provenance, some solid sources, and they're not going to run that if it isn't solid. So it's just inconvenient in terms of the timing for the Broncos because they want to keep it in their funnel that they can control and they're not to that point yet where they want to drop the news out of the funnel for everyone to see. Forbes beat him to the punch, so to speak. So on one hand, it's not official. On the other, no one in the in the running has this financial wherewithal as Rob Walton. So if he wants the Broncos, he's getting the Broncos. And if he got this far, Zach, holy smokes. Before wow. we grab Poppy here, I'm I'm I just got stunned. If Rob Walton got this far, in the bidding process, went to this length, opened up his financials, and allowed NFL security to get in and, like, you know, basically researches every skeleton he might have in the closet all the way back to elementary school. He probably is in it for the long haul, meaning that I'm here to put in the bid that's going to bring home the the, the team. Four point five billion. Oh shucks, I, I guess I'll flip over a few couch cushions and see if I can find the cheddar.
3: Yeah, I want to give Pobby her uh, deserved due here, but uh, you said it's not concrete yet, but I can say the concrete is being poured. You know, the foundation is already there for Ro- Rob Walden to own the team. It hasn't hardened just yet. Well, we're getting really weird tonight, Chad, but it will be, and I think it's going to be his team. It's going to be, it's a matter of time. He has the money. He has the interest. Put it all together. What do you spell? Great value field, a mile.
2: Pobby, she is known in these parts as the princess of mhh we've got the queen christy got the duchess michaela we got the princess bobby been with us a long long time and even though we don't get to see her in the chats as often as we would maybe like to or in days of yore the fact that when she shows up she throws down like this it's just very humbling we love you we appreciate you that is just so generous seriously it really goes a long way. Helps myself. Helps Zach. Helps Scott. Helps all of MHH. So, love you. Appreciate you. And we hope you're doing well. We're doing really, really well. It's really good to see you.
3: We're doing a lot better because of you, Bobby. Thank you for brightening our day with a plum. And I hope you see the comments from your generosity and know that inside, that's what Chad and I feel. The just the exuberance and the and the shock of it. Thank you so, so much. It's good to see you, and hope you're uh, doing really, really well. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Yep. We are connected on uh, on Facebook and Twitter, of course. I think I kind of am more able to keep t- tabs on and kind of keep in touch with people on Facebook for whatever reason, just because of the way the algorithm works, than on Twitter or any other social media. But, Pabby, it seems like things are good for you right now. It's so great to have you. Love you. Speaking of love, we got Kenny Booker in the hizzy. What's going on, KB? How are you, dude? How are things? Everything going good? Hope so, Big Dog. He wants to know, if you could go to any Denver game, home or away, this year, which would you pick? I'm trying for London, but Casey or Vegas next in line. Zach?
3: Well, now I have to pull up the schedule and remember which of the away games. Uh, Vegas is always, you know, one of the easy ones to pick. Kansas City would be great that environment the draft's going to be there next year too so that's interesting but London man how do you compete with London you know Scott and I are trying to organize some sort of uh, not carpool but plane pool trip to London to go see the Broncos and maybe catch a soccer match not a game said it correctly um, so yeah I think London's the easy pick here but any game this year with Russell Wilson any away game especially later in the year that one too week one even at Seattle that's going to be a doozy what else we got yeah. though
2: you know, I'm not uh, as cool as it would be to catch a game across the pond. Well, I'll scroll through this, but listen, I would almost rather take a bullet than be in an airplane that long. I hate flying. I'll do it when I must. Uh, it's not. I'm, I'm not quite on a John Madden level of, of fear of flying, but the notion of being in an airplane that long, I mean, it would take some serious anesthesia, Zach, to get me to even show up and report for oh, duty. Or is but Anderson? nevertheless, hey, Vegas, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. Um, Chargers, man, Not a big fan of being in L.A. Jacksonville, nah. Tennessee, nah.
3: Nashville's amazing, though. That would be yes. a heck of a road trip.
2: Carolina, nah. No. Uh, no. Baltimore, nah. Uh, Kansas City, L.A. So, yeah, I think yeah. for me it would be uh, Arrowhead, especially with a good Broncos team. And by the time you get to Arrowhead, by the way, Zach, you've already hosted the Chiefs at home, right? Right. Hold on. Let me let me yeah, Broncos, week 14 Chiefs, and then Chiefs again, week 17. So by the time you get to Arrowhead, week 17, your Denver Broncos have snapped the ignominious 13 game losing streak. And so you can show up and do one of these, even though you know small potatoes in the grand scheme of things, they could be like, Okay, hey, what are you tripping for? 13 in a row, get out of here. But still, I would probably say KC or Vegas.
0: I'm just not, I'm not down for that trip. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org.
3: Yeah. I'm not going to pull up the comment, but Colin Wood, you're stupid, man. I mean that in the most loving way. You're stupid, though, for that.
2: Stupid Colin. Uh, Sam Bam, again, love you, big dog. What is the (laughs) cornerback depth looking like after Patrick Sertan? Also, do you think Evero, defensive coordinator, will play more of a zone or a man-to-man scheme for the corners? Go Broncos! I'll reverse it. I think that it's going to be more zone-based. They'll run a little man, but if it's if they're going to do the Fangio thing, then it's going to be that more zone-oriented match quarters thing. Um, but the depth after PS two, in terms of proven depth, there's not a lot. You know, you look at the three starters, PS two. Kwan Williams at, at the nickel and then Ron Darby at the other outside. And then behind him, Michael OJ Mudia. Um, oh, oh, Damari Mathis. Uh, Asang Bassi. Who's the kid that you mentioned? The undrafted kid. I always forget Big his million. name. Thank you. Um, there are a few young guys that young dogs that could end up becoming, you know, diamonds in the rough, but, if you're looking for like a proven guy that you can hang your hat on, no. If, the, if one of those guys goes down, your next most experienced dude is Michael O. So if that's what happens, if they have to turn to depth and considering the um, track record of Ronald Darby in particular, they're probably going to have to turn to some guys. You know, you just hope that they've been in the league long enough, Zach. They've marinated. The timer has gone off. They're ready for the grill, baby. Let's go.
3: Yeah, Michael Lowe, who got toasted on that Tim Patrick post for that long touchdown today, that same Michael Lowe. it's, It's scary if, God forbid... PS2 should suffer an injury or even Darby for that matter. You're talking about Michael O starting and you're talking about K1 Williams who had an injury jacket in San Francisco. Same thing as Bryce Callahan. So they got some problems and that's why um, potential problems. And that's why I'm campaigning or I'm thinking that Jaquan McMillian, undrafted cornerback from ECU, could make a push for the final roster. They have Fayon Hicks who they drafted. There's some young guys there, but like Chad said, he hit on the word proven, That's where the lack comes in. Once you fall beyond Michael O and Bassi, who aren't world beaters themselves, it gets pretty tenuous.
2: Phil McLaughlin, what's going on, bro? It's great to see you. Appreciate you on uh, Facebook, supporting the cause. Uh, He says, great show, Chad, Zach, and Scott. I feel by the time Russ gets his contract, he may be the highest-paid quarterback after getting us a Super Bowl win this season. Just being optimistic. Hashtag let's ride. Hashtag MHH for life. And there is nothing wrong with that, my friend. You gotta, you gotta believe it can happen, and that it's gonna happen before it will. Faith always, always precedes the miracle.
3: I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I just what I don't understand is any Broncos fan. Were y'all thinking you were gonna get Russell Wilson and not have to give him a new contract? It was always gonna be part of the deal. And the second part of that hypothetical question is, did you think that contract was gonna be cheap? Did you think it was going to be $20 million a year or he was going to take some team-friendly deal or take less money in his first year with the Broncos? No, it was always going to be expensive. That is the cost of a franchise quarterback. We all wanted it. We finally got it now. We have to pay up for it. Not we, but you know what I'm saying.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, appreciate the – I'm glad to hear you guys like the hats, by the way. Lots of new swag on the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Um, many of you have been patronizing the the new store and we appreciate it, but I mean, there's lots of cool stuff guys and designs coming. Um, David, I promise I'm going to grab you, but real quick, since I've got this up and then we'll segue right back to you. I mean, look, this is all kinds of dope stuff from the shirts designs to like, here's a different looking MHH trucker hat. Here's a football priest hat. That's got our mugs on it. Here's the hat that, uh, we're wearing tonight. Similar anyway. Um, All kinds of stuff. That's page one. You just keep going. All kinds of cool stuff. I mean, you've even got Legends of Mile High. Shout out, Tom Hall. You got merch for Legends of Mile High. You got the Christy-designed Mile High Huddle stuff from T-shirts to hats. You got a little something-something for everybody, including mugs, including freaking phone cases. We're really happy with our new provider, and uh, YouTube was really helpful in connecting us with that provider. So, anyway, partake. Enjoy. We appreciate it, David. I would hope that Rob Walton considers a new dome stadium if he does become the owner. There are exciting days ahead. I dream of Denver getting the Super Bowl in the future. So, that would really be the only benefit in my opinion to making an indoor building an indoor stadium in Denver, Zach, he is trying to woo the NFL and win a bid to host the Super Bowl. But still, most people, you know, in terms of the show out and the people that descend on whatever that Super Bowl city is each and every year, mitigated how much people want to go when they got to wear a coat everywhere and it's freezing and all that. And in Denver, in first week or two weeks in February, it's cold here in the Rocky Mountains. Zach, it's going to it's so I don't know. What do you lose though when you get a dome? The Broncos have the they have the mile high air, right? The thin air that can be I think much too much is made of it in terms of the advantage it really gives the Denver Broncos, but still it's a it's a modest advantage. The the elements, you know, especially when you get quarterbacks that play in good weather or domes like Peyton Manning, most of his career, you put him in cold weather situations. I mean, look at Super Bowl 48, the only time the NFL decided, "Hey, Let's put the Super Bowl in a cold-weather city, and it happens to be a Super Bowl that Peyton Manning ends up getting into. I mean, the football fates on that, or it just boggles your mind. What do you lose? What do you gain? I think a stadium upgrade would be good eventually, sometime in the next 10 years. I don't think it's pressing need, though. Although, last thing, Zach, we did hear word. I'm trying to remember the source now because it's been a, about a month or so, that that's something Rob Walton would be interested in doing, building a new stadium and getting that process rolling if he wins ownership.
3: Yeah, I heard it'd be closer to DIA. That's the proposal uh, on the new stadium. But I'm not going to build a new home field just to uh, attract a Super Bowl. It's not worth it to Mm me. You can have your Super Bowl. I want my home field advantage. I want the Broncos to have the elements and to be outdoors and to have a quarterback that can play in all weather conditions. You know, that was the knock on Peyton when he played with the Colts, him playing in in a dome. But Peyton's Peyton. There's always a knock on indoor quarterbacks like Matt Ryan. How is he going to fare? You know, uh, he well, he went from one dome to another. But I want that advantage. And we talked about it months ago, and we said it like it'd be like putting a dome where the Bills play in Orchard Park. It's taken away their whole competitive advantage. And there is that in Denver. I'm against it. He wants to build a new stadium. Fine, but make it a real stadium, not a dome stadium.
2: Ed Keating. And by the way, shout out Juero Vidal. Appreciate you, bro um edward keating everyone knows ed been on the show multiple times he's a moderator on the facebook group good to see you bro he says what's up guys haven't been on in a while i'm feeling a lot better now oh dang dude did you maybe get the coof? is that what happened he says i believe walton will be the next owner i also believe peyton manning will be part of this sucks about jerry judy thanks guys denver rocks for life yeah let's get to that zach what's the uh what's the story on jerry judy's injury happened today i guess and they're taking some precautions what do you know
3: well there's two parts to it there's what the reporters observed during practice today and what nathaniel hackett told the reporters after practice what they observed was jerry judy walking off the field he was according to james palmer of nfl network somewhat upset he said his groin was bothering him so it sounded like he tweaked it he went back to the locker room came back out to the field dressed in warm-up sweatpants and watch practice that way did not participate after practice. Nathaniel Hackett said, Jerry, Judy has a little tweak. They shut him down, as you mentioned out of precaution and they're trying to get him ready. This is interesting. This leads me to believe it's not that serious, but I have a, but for a little later, they're going to try to get him ready for mandatory mini camp, which runs the 13th through the 15th three day final mini camp until training camp. They want Judy to participate But groin injuries, Chad, are like hamstrings, especially for receivers. They are tough to manage if you let them linger. So I don't want the Broncos to push Judy if he did tweak his groin. Shut him down. You saw him practice enough. He has all training camper. That time to get healthy and then don't risk further injury. But that's the latest right now. Sounds like a slight minor groin tweak. Nothing you trip over yet. But yet is the operative word. They have to manage him correctly.
2: Yeah. I think if you were in season, he might DNP DNP, limited on Friday Great. and suit up and play type thing. You know, um, it's unfortunate just because you know he's kind of had a tumultuous last calendar Wrong. year. Snake bitten. Yeah, I mean, look, what's ironic about it? Not ironic. What's I don't know, what's what's bittersweet about it is who was deemed the the star of training camp last year. Jerry Judy, like he looked like he had really turned a corner. And I think he had, to be honest with you. And then game two, was it game two where he got hurt? I think it was uh, week two. Uh, actually, no, it was week one. It was the season opener. He has what looked like a freak break, you know, to his to his lower leg, ankle. I mean, it looked like no way that dude's ankle ain't broke. I mean, it was grotesque. Turns out, no, just an extremely acute Sprain misses eight weeks, comes back, and he's just out of the swing of things. Just wasn't able to regain that summertime form.
1: Zero Doesn't score against. a
2: touchdown. We're sharing a brain. Uh for in his second year as a pro, as a former top 15 pick. And then you go into the offseason. Hey, good news. You get Russell Wilson's your quarterback. No more Drew, no more Teddy. He's going, yeah, baby. And then the run-in with the popo. And now this. So it's like for Judy. The football gods giveth and they taketh, and right now it feels like their taketh has been more so than their giveth.
3: Yeah, it's it's a really, really tough start to Judy's career, man, after being the 15th overall pick back in 2020. And what I didn't realize as I wrote the story on Judy today, you can read it at milehuddle.com, is that as a rookie, for all his warts and all his drops and all his issues and social media exploits, he led the Broncos in receiving. I mean, say, it says a lot about the Broncos receiving core, the Broncos I mean, offense.
2: But, Sutton was hurt that year for what it's worth.
3: But still, I mean, if he was this bust people were making him out to be, he wouldn't have put put yeah. up even those numbers in a Pat yeah. Schirmer offense with that instability at quarterback. So there's a lot to like about Judy, and we all want to see what that potential could be. We want to see it translate. And he has this golden opportunity, Chad, to break out with Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, this offense. And if he keeps on the straight and narrow, he will. But if he doesn't, as I wrote in my article, it's next man up. And that next man is making 80-yard touchdown catches in practice named Tim Patrick.
2: That's right. By the way, Ed, sorry to hear about your car accident. Great great to hear, though, that you're on the men, back on your feet, so to speak. So uh, thanks for keeping us updated on that too, buddy. Uh, Fonzie, hey, what's good, bro? The Fonz in the house. Appreciate the super chat. Fonzie says Jake Plummer was the reason I fell in love with the Broncos as a sixth grader. I didn't know much about football at the time, but I loved watching him scramble around the pocket and make plays. My mom bought me his Jersey and that's how my Broncos fandom began 16 years strong. Really cool, dude. You're uh, you're preaching to the choir over here because I'm huge Jake Plummer fan as, as people know. And uh, you know, been able to interview him a couple times. He's a good guy. He was on uh, the first iteration of the Mile High Huddle podcast way back in 2015 that I did with Brandon Perna and Jake Marson called in the huddle. We did an interview with him last summer for his Canadian football thing. He's trying the the movie uh, kick that he's trying to get up and off the ground that he's involved in. Good guy, but what makes him a great player? To in my opinion, people will pick nits in that and say that Jake Plummer was not a great quarterback. All right, whatever, but what Jake did was win. He was a great leader. You know, when the chips were down, he was one of those quarterbacks. Didn't have the same athletic, twitch, elite skill set as guys like Russ or you know Lamar or Patrick Mahomes or whatever. But when the chips were down, similar to Elway, he would find a way, make a way. Conversely, the guy who supplanted him, Jay Cutler, when the chips were down, if you needed that extra play with very few exceptions, he always folded, dude. He could never... Close the gap. Jake Plummer more often than not would. It's just unfortunate. Last thing here, and then I'm going to get off my Plummer soapbox that Jake picked the biggest game of his career to have the worst game of his career.
3: Yeah, Fonzie, how do you feel about mushrooms? Because that's what Jake Plummer's into nowadays. That's two podcasts, two Jake Plummer uh, topics that we discussed. So I thought he was a very underrated quarterback. And I saw someone else say it. I'm going to give them credit. I don't know who did exactly but he is the best Broncos quarterback in the post John Elway era behind Peyton Manning. He's like the Shane Falco in real life, just a winner a grinder, a gutty quarterback. That was Jake Plummer.
2: Agreed. Colby. What's up, buddy? He says I'm for an a I am for a retractable roof. I will I only will go to one of the first four games now. It sucks getting old. Well, Colby, make sure it's week three, Doug. We'll see you there, the meet and greet. It'd be fun to to get a chance to say hi, shake your hand, send you home with a little care package. We're going to have lots of fun stuff going on week three with the Niners. We want to see you there for the MHH meet and greet.
3: Hey, you know who was there last year? That was Naj Altaf. This man is liquid energy drink or human energy drink. He is a bundle of joy to be around. Naj uh, Chiming in 1999 Super. Thank you so much, (sighs) Naj. He says, hey, brothers, Zach, nice hearing you get a shout-out on the McAfee show today for your report on Russell's potential contract. Hope all is well, brothers. Appreciate you, Najee, as always. It was cool getting that shout-out, but I like the fact more so that it was, again, hashtag for the brand for MHH.
2: Yes, indeed. Yep, heck yeah. It was was great for Mile High Huddle, and we appreciate you guys noticing it, sending it Zach's way, keeping us in the loop because it's not like we're watching every single sports podcast under the sun every day. So thank you so much. And Naj last summer, dude, one of the great members of our community that said, Oh, meet and greet in the mile high city hops on a plane from freaking Virginia. Right. I mean, we got guys like Naj coming from uh, Virginia. We got um, Ricardo. I think, was that his name that came yeah, from, Mexico, from Mexico, Mexico city? We got uh, people from California coming, Arizona, Missouri, Utah, you name it. We got people coming from all over the Fruited Plain, all over the world, and to come hang out with us and, of course, go see the Broncos. Let's let's not pretend that church was not in session that day. It certainly was. But either way, Naj, hope, hopefully we get to see you again yes. uh, week three, dude, because we didn't get as much time to, to spend with you, especially after the game as, as we would have preferred. So much going on. I had to do the gut reaction. Look to the left. You're there. Look back the next time you're gone. I'm like, where's Naz? He's gone. I was like, oh, dang it. But either way, hope to see you there.
3: Yeah, appreciate you, Naz. Uh, Phil McLaughlin chiming in. Hey, guys, not to get off subject, but what is the latest news on the stadium repairs? I haven't heard anything, Chad, If you. All we know no. is that it's... If Rob gets it, Rob Walton, they'll be fine to do anything they want with the stadium, including build a new one. That's the beauty of having an owner worth $70 billion, but I've heard nothing on that topic.
2: Uh, though, Really, the only thing solid we've gotten was from Joe Ellis at the ownership meetings, and he said that it, the, the damage was much more extensive than maybe they thought at first blush, and that even though the work could be done well in time for the season um, to open, supply chain issues will dictate whether or not they're actually able to get those repairs done by the time it's got to put butts in seats for the actual game. So that was a month and a half ago. haven't heard anything else since then.
3: And it probably won't for a little while, depending on the owner. Appreciate the stars, David.
2: You the da man. You the man, bro. Great to see you. Uh, by the way, reminder to everybody, what we're doing is on the, the contest for Facebook, the contest for YouTube is each month we're going to take the top five finishers, their names are going to go on a list all right june there's the top five okay uh july top five august top five both on facebook and youtube and then what we're going to do is the more names that are the people that have the most tickets in that hat so to speak best odds we're going to draw one name from each hat the youtube and the facebook hat the winner we're going to roll out the red carpet for the meet and greet in denver all right so You just will have to worry about getting yourself there. Once you're there, we'll have a ticket to the game for you. We'll have uh, hotel accommodations close to the stadium, be able to hang out with us all day. It'll be fun. That's what we got in store because the Jersey thing, it's cool. We're going to keep doing that. We're going to hand them out here kind of intermittent when people least expect it to people who are supporting us. Um, But it's time to mix things up a little bit. And with such a fun season to look forward to, plus the meet and greet and whatnot, we thought, you know what, let's kind of orient towards that and we feel like the people who are the most diehard and committed fans and also those who support us here at MHH, that that would be something that might be more rewarding than a jersey. So anyway, stoked for that.
3: Yeah, for sure. And it seems like Joel's going to come out and join us at the meet and greet. Uh, we'll see you there, Joel. Hope you're uh, looking forward to the game. I know I am, Chad. Sunday yeah. night football, which is great. So we have the whole day to tailgate, whole day to hang out and have the uh, great meet and greet company with you guys so looking forward to it for sure
2: yeah so the info that you need for now uh we'll we'll have specific information all right when it gets a little bit closer right now all you need to know is you show up when the parking lot opens which on an evening kick i think it's 2 p.m might be or it might be actually the same time 10 i'm trying to remember either way you show up when the stadium opens the the, the actual parking lot right The tailgate which is when we'll be there and you come hang out with us that's all you need to know now when it gets a little closer we'll have specific information on where in the parking lot or this, you know, the tailgate we're going to be all that stuff but for now just block out that little, you know, couple of days to get there, be there, travel home all that and we'll see you there. Uh Tony DA Dub. Was it Tony at the meet and greet? It was like in and out. He didn't hang out like he stopped i stopped by he was like yo what's up and then someone told oh, me sir. Tony, dude, seriously. OG Love you, big dog. He says, What's up, fellas? We know we have a QB1, but what are the thoughts on the backups? Hit the like, buddy, guys. Hit the like, buddy, right now, or else Tony will find you. Hit Slack the like,
3: buddy. That like buddy. Smack um,
2: it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to remember who it was that was slamming the Broncos backup quarterback situation. Probably PFF, I mean, right? Who? <laughs> yeah. um, on brand. But, you know, you got a journeyman behind Russ. Like, the. Definition of journeyman. You look up journeyman quarterback, NFL in the dictionary, Josh Johnson's face, that visage is what will be staring back at you. And then behind him, Brett Rippon. You know, I don't know how much longer they're going to hold on to the Brett Rippon experiment. It could be as long as just this summer, and then they'll let him kind of kick rocks. I don't know. But it's not the strongest, but it doesn't need to be. Russ is a very uh, reliable, available quarterback. How many games? Oh, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly, Zach. This dude does not miss time. Last year was one of the um, few exceptions to, to that rule.
3: Yeah, he had a streak of, what, 140 or 160 games? 120? It was incredible otherwise, though, and it was snapped Two by games. That, that mallet finger injury.
2: Oh, pardon. He's missed exactly three games, and they all came last year. That's it. Ten years in the league, 158 Let's see, 161 possible games in the regular season that Russell Wilson has, uh, you know, basically had been available for whatever, or 161 games on the slate since he entered the league as a starter because he was a day one starter. Even though he was a rookie third round pick, he beat out Matt Flynn in Seattle, so he started day one as a rookie in 2012. 161 games later, he had only missed three of those, and they all came last year in his last year in Seattle. uh, Seattle with that hand, the finger injury. So doesn't mean you don't want to be prepared, Zach. Obviously, you need to have a plausible contingency plan in place. But how much of your cap do you want to uh, consume for that? How much of your draft capital? Obviously, for the Broncos, not much. They're all in on Russ because it's damn the torpedoes. It doesn't matter who you have behind him, if we're right. being honest. We've seen what happens when you don't right. have the franchise guy. All the King's horses, all the King's men avail you not. So it really is, you know, who can hold down the fort for a game or two if Russ tweaks a thumb or, you know, comes down wrong on a helmet after throwing it or something. Josh Johnson, good enough. Welcome in.
3: And what's nice about Russell Wilson being so dependable is it allows the Broncos to keep only two quarterbacks on the 53 and not waste another roster spot on a third quarterback. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. I I would prefer for the Broncos to have a younger player in some sort of developmental plan, be it maybe the practice squad or something like that. But I'm okay with I guess the combination of Brett Ripon and Josh Johnson. But speaking of uh, former Broncos backup quarterbacks, Chad, did you see what's going on in the USFL? I don't know if you have, but mm-hmm. former Broncos legend Case Cooks, who was with the <laughs> oh, Broncos yeah. last offseason right, right. for like two days, yep. he actually is beating out or outproduced, I can't remember, I didn't watch the game, Paxton Lynch in the USFL. So to rephrase that, in the USFL, Paxton Lynch, former first-round pick, is being outproduced and being outshined by Case Cookus.
2: I remember that story did actually quite well for us at MHH, the Case Cookus signing. We made some hay on that. I
3: remember writing it.
2: Uh, David, the Stars, thank you, buddy. I didn't see that you would also had a question. Why did they let go of Bryce Callahan? Uh, He was a Fangio guy, first and foremost. And second of all, his contract expired. And when you look at, hey, we need a nickel guy, he is one of the top two or three nickel corners in the NFL when he's available. I'm not going to pretend, though, Zach, that I quite understand the logic of then going and signing Kaywon Williams, who has a similarly troubled injury jacket, as you brought up earlier in tonight's show. Why not just keep Callahan around? He knows the scheme, basically. He knows the personnel. Maybe he was just asking for a little bit more money. I don't know than what K1 uh, was looking for. But I feel like, you know, overall, Bryce was a better coverage guy. But K1 is more of a, a physical presence in the nickel. So you're, not to say that Callahan was ever shy about tackling. He was always solid in that department. But K1's like a safety in the body of a nickel, you know, in terms of just how physical he is, willingness to hit tackle. Uh, You can blitz him and he'll get there. Like, so he adds maybe a little bit more on that side of things, but I don't think he is as polished and savvy as a coverage guy as Bryce Callahan. So just like with all things in life, dude, there's give, there's take, there's pros, there's cons.
3: Yeah. Bryce Callahan is a tragic tale. When he was on the field, man, he was one of the best corner, slot corners I've seen since Chris Harris Jr. in his prime. But he just couldn't stay on the field. You just can't stay healthy. Every year was the same thing. He missed an entire season after signing his three-year contract with the Broncos and then was injured every season. I think he ended every season on IR, if I remember correctly. And I was going to say maybe he was more expensive, but he signed for only $1.272 million with the Chargers. And But the Broncos got K-1 first field, too. And the good thing about K-1, I think the Broncos wanted to pluck from that 49ers pipeline, the Packers pipeline. They saw, as you mentioned, Chad, Bryce Callahan as a Vic Fangio guy. They wanted their own guy. George Payton wanted his own guy. He didn't sign Bryce Callahan. Remember, he wasn't around back then. From what I've heard, the people I've talked to who cover the 49ers, Kwan Williams was underrated like Bryce Callahan was in Denver. And if he stays healthy, he'll produce comparable play in that secondary. I'm excited to watch him. I really am.
2: Me too. Me too. Jeff, we understand it. He says, my tax dollars already went to two old Mile High upgrades in the new Mile High Stadium. I don't want to pay for another. We feel you. And I don't think right now you really need to. But it has been reported that that is something that Rob Walton will be Um, if not prioritizing, strongly examining the possibility of a new stadium. But, guys, with that, I think, Zach, we've landed on every topic we wanted to get to tonight. We don't have any Super Chat superstars that we're leaving hanging. So let's sign off and see everybody on uh, Thursday night.
3: Yeah, I did see one comment that said Rob Walton should give MHH $10 million. And, Rob, we're listening, baby. The phone lines are open, so let's make a deal. But that was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. We're off until – Thursday evening. We don't do Wednesdays anymore. So back on Thursday evening, same time, same place, six o'clock Mountain, eight o'clock Eastern. Until that time, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. You can follow our producer Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Guys, want this beautiful, comfortable trucker's hat? Any of our merch, new store, new merchandise. HuddleUpPod.com. Go there, check it out. You will not be disappointed. And Facebook.com slash Myla Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please, as you see ticking below, you do these three things subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Chat it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all.
2: Absolutely true, and we appreciate those of you who do uh, take ownership alongside us and like every video, share it out there, Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, ping us on Twitter when you see a Broncos story breaking. I mean, we just love that. We really do. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. David Wilder finishing out on top. Love seeing that, bro. Thank you, David. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer right behind him. Phil McLaughlin, Colby C. Collier, and David Vasquez, and then also our great Super Chat superstars shouting out Kenny Booker, Sam Bam. We got Kendrick Ware, Michaela, uh, Michael Ronquillo. We've got, uh, of course, Bobby, Ed Keating, Fonzie, Naj, and Tony, DA Dub. Much love and respect. Can't wait to talk to you guys again on Thursday. Quick reminder, though, tomorrow morning, Broncos for breakfast, building the Broncos. That's Tuesday, Wednesday. Beckoning the Broncos on the bright with Kim Becker, followed by not the Huddle Up podcast anymore, Mile High Insiders Wednesday nights, and then Broncos for Breakfast Thursday. Zach and I will be back Thursday night. So can't wait to see you and talk with you then.
3: Have a great week, everybody. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at
2: milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.